We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. It is Monday. We're starting a new week. And wow, do we have a lot to talk about NBA rumor season is in full swing. We got plenty to get into. There is a finals game five tonight. Tyler Hero is back in action and the NBA world generally sent an LOL response to that because we're already talking off season. Yeah, more or less, right? I think people are there. They're, they think most expect the Nuggets to finish it tonight. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's it's funny. I've seen a lot of people, and this is just kind of how it goes. But you know, well, with Hero back, you know, that's twenty something points per game. Dude hasn't played in like that two works. months, yeah. so that, you're expecting an awful lot on on you know if you're expecting him to come in and be Tyler Hero, you know, game one, you know, of, of his playoff run here. So so we'll we'll say I guess not game one, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll see what it looks like. Yeah, you know, with it, maybe you know, I'm hopeful that maybe he plays well enough that we get the series extended for a couple more games. That'd be nice, but but I I have a feeling uh, the end of meaningful NBA basketball games this season is uh, is mere hours away as we record. I'm, I'm at a point where that's what I'm rooting for. Like that's I wanted I wanted seven games in this series, but sure. now like if it was two two. I'd be all for, oh, Miami get the upset and then make it really interesting over the final two games, and I'd be all into it. It's 3-1. We all know how this is ending. (laughs) Just end it. We're all ready to move on. We're all ready to get into the offseason stuff. We're all ready to get into the draft and trades and free agency, and you know that the NBA is kind of that that dam holding back the river of, of news that's waiting to come out. Let the dam burst. Just end this thing tonight, Denver, and we can all move on and get into the offseason, and you already saw some things start to trickle out today, you know there's a lot of intel that people are waiting on because you're not really supposed to put stuff out during the finals. We're all supposed to be focused on the finals. But I think it's time. Let's let's move past this thing and get into the exciting stuff of the offseason. See, you say that, and in my head I hear a trio of Mike Breen calls that go, what a block by James! Kevin Love held his ground! Kyrie Irving, what a shot! And I'm reminded three one's not always over, my friend. That's true. So, so we'll see. But yeah, I I I think the Nuggets finish it. Tonight. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, let me add this caveat: is that if it doesn't end tonight, it has to go seven. Sure. Like make it oh, interesting yeah. again. 100%. If it does not end tonight, it must go seven. What I don't want is it doesn't end tonight, and then it really just extends it one more game, and then the Nuggets just blow out the Heat the next game in Game Six, and, and then you're 
you know, again, anticlimactic. Sure. And all you did was was you held off getting to really dive into free agency and the draft and all that kind of stuff for an extra couple of days for nothing. If it's going to get extended, at least give us game seven and give us something exciting. Agreed. And I'm always of the mindset, if I don't really care who wins overall in general, I'd more rather see the team win on their home floor. Right. Yeah. So let, let, you know, win on the home floor, let the Nuggets fans go crazy, celebrate tonight and yeah. you'll go absolutely bonkers. So yeah. But that said, we're, we're, we talked NBA finals. We, we, we did, we did what it. We now let's move on to the good we, stuff. We did our duty. Now let's get into <laughs> the stuff everybody really wants to hear about. And that is coming from the trade front. The Pelicans aggressively trying to trade up in the draft. They have the 14th pick right now. According to Shams Charania, their target is Scoot Henderson. So they're looking at trading up to the two or the three. That's the great mystery of the draft. The draft really starts at the second pick. Uh, whether or not it's going to be Scoot there, we'll see. What does this look like for, for the Pelicans? I've got a lot of people throwing out their Brandon Ingram. I can't imagine the Pelicans would want to move Brandon. Like the goal would be to get somebody to play with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. So then what are the Pelicans trading if they're going to move all the way up to, let's say, number two to pick up Scoot? Well, here becomes a challenge, right? It, it it's, it's not going to be C.J. McCollum, right? We know mm -hmm. that. That's that's not going to happen because Char why would Charlotte want McCollum? And Portland clearly is not going to undo a trade that they right. only you know did a year and a half ago. So then that becomes a, all right, what are we doing? Are we doing a consolidation trade where we pile a whole bunch of stuff together? And there's probably not enough good stuff to put together to go move up uh, in the, in this draft. Now they do have some extra picks co mm -hmm. coming down the line. Cause they've got picks coming from that box deal, uh, the drew holiday trade and those kind of things, but none of those look like they're like super juicy picks. So I think it's, it's gotta be Ingram or Zion. If you're, if you're gonna, gonna do this and you know, that, that just seems you know, insane to think it would be either one of those guys, but but I got to believe, you know, that that's got to be almost where we're kind of going uh, with, with this line of thinking. And if it's Zion, I'd have to go check dates and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think we'd be limited in you know the the ability to still trade him because he did get that designated uh, player. He he even though he didn't qualify for any of it, he did sign a designated uh, uh, player extension. So that they uh, I'd have to double check to see um, to make sure that still comes with the one year trade restriction. But all that just does is just delay things yeah. a little bit until you know we could free it up. But yeah, so and you know. I was I did radio in Charlotte just this morning, and one of the things that I mentioned now, I didn't mention the Pelicans because I didn't know anything about that part of it. But I said, you know, Charlotte's best thing could be to move back a little bit in the draft, right? Sure. But that's because for me on my personal board, I have Scoot the second best player on the board. I've you know Wembenyama first, you know way far ahead of anybody else then sure. i have scoot second in a tier of his own um as far as the tiers go i just think he's that much uh, better of a prospect than brandon miller and other guys who i who i like but but I, it's just a weird fit in charlotte so you know you could have charlotte open for business you could have um you know portland obviously very clearly is open mm -hmm. i at this point i almost kind of expect portland to trade the pick I, they're gonna do one one of two things right they're either gonna finally trade Dame and move on and start it all over again there, or they're going to trade this pick yeah. and go get something, you know, asset wise to put around Dame. But, you know, the other problem is 
Charlotte can get to cap space, which can make a trade easier. Portland is not in that position, so they'd have to send salary back as well, which makes a trade complicated. So there's a lot of complicating factors here, but you know that's part of what makes this so fun. Yeah, I mean, look, I think if Portland had got number one, that's the only way they could keep 100%. the pick and keep Dame. I think yep. they are in a position now where you have to pick one or the other. You're going to have the pick or you're going to have Dame. And this, that's the problem, right? If let's say that Charlotte is sold on, on Miller and that's the way they're going to go. I don't know how New Orleans gets up to three without giving up Ingram or Zion. Stacking mm -hmm. up a bunch of picks does nothing for Portland unless Portland makes the decision. Let's not. Let's just not keep Dame. Let's let's trade him. And I don't think that's what they want to do. I think they want to trade the number three pick, keep Dame, and then build from there. Brandon Ingram, if I'm Portland and Brandon Ingram's on the table for number three, yeah, I would do that. I would trade the, the third pick in order to get Brandon Ingram and and off you go. And you can sell that to, to Dame and say, look what we got you and and here we here we go. Let's run with this. Um the question though becomes Charlotte. Like Charlotte isn't in quite a as, as much of a position where they have to win right now. But at the same time, if you go back to, let's say, LaMelo Ball, and you say, hey, we got some future picks, but we didn't get Ingram, we didn't get Zion in this deal, I don't, I don't know how that really looks for the Hornets, especially if you're moving all the way back to 14. Maybe you took, look to a multi-team trade. But in my mind, if, it's, if I'm the Pelicans, I would think a package would have to start. And I've already seen Pelicans fans saying, do not trade Trey Murphy. You don't have anything else. That's that's what you've got, right? Well, I, I, that's not correct. They've got other stuff, but sure. there's no way I even entertain. If there's no Ingram, if there's no Zion in the deal, Trey Murphy has to be in it. It would be 14. It would be the Lakers 2024 or 2025 pick. It would be Trey Murphy plus. I'm building around that package to mm -hmm. get up to, to number two. And then if I'm Charlotte, I don't know if that's enough to sell the powers that be to actually pull the trigger. So it's going to be interesting to see how they get this done and if this means a Zion or a Brandon Ingram trade could be coming. Yeah, and I'll say this too. This could be one that goes to like draft night as well because let's mm -hmm. say the Pelicans are in a position where it's our, we really want Scoot Henderson, which it sounds like that's their guy. They could be working to get to Charlotte at two because we don't, right? There's no, there's no drama around number one. That's one banana. That's the, we could make that pick today and just yeah. start the draft, you know, and be like, it's done. Let's, let's move on. Cause there's, sure. I, put them on the clock. Funny. People have asked me, is there anything that, that could be offered to the Spurs to get them to move off it? And I'm like, you know, I, I honestly don't know that there is. Like, I, I, I don't know, you know where you would even go. Nothing the teams would realistically Yeah, offer. and even then, like, it still gets really hard, right? Because mm -hmm. you're talking to a kid who's, you know, what is he, 19, 20 years old mm -hmm. coming in? And, like, I, and like, yeah, I don't know where you'd go with that. But anyway, so then what you could do is do you play the game of, are the Charlotte going to take him or not take him? Do we trade up to make sure we get him? Um, do you wait and see? Or right, we've got something in place with Portland. If Scoot's on the board at three, we go, and then maybe you take it all the way down to draft day, kind of like a little bit what happened last year, right? Where was our, the Magic are taking Jabari Smith? Everybody thought that's where they were going. Oh. And then, you know, they zigged in Apollo Bancaro. That swerve was so amazing. About an hour or so before the draft, right? So that's, you know, we could see that kind of kind of stuff going on there where it's, you know, Charlotte 
you know, he was very open. Um, there were some reporting, uh, I believe it was in the Sham same report that Charlotte is hosting both Miller and Scoot Henderson this week mm. uh, for workouts. And keep in mind, the draft is 10 days away. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're right on top of it. We just passed as we're recording here, five o'clock uh, on the East Coast uh, where I'm at. And we are at now the withdrawal deadline has passed as well. That, that was that was it. So now we know the full draft field or will here very shortly once sure. you know, those names trickle out. So we're in a spot where if you're New Orleans, can you push yourself up to, um, you know, up to that, that, uh, um, you know, that, that, that pick right can, can you get up to that and you know with the withdrawal deadline i'll just drop drop this just because it just dropped uh from uh i believe yeah from shams, shams. uh bobby clintman who is out of wake forest he's withdrawn and he says now we'll pursue alter alternative routes to the nba he cannot go back to college uh, or at least to the ncaa mm -hmm. because that deadline has passed so to the ncaa deadline as well yeah it could be the g league or he may mm -hmm. go overseas he came yeah. uh you know from overseas anyway so that's you know kind of an interesting thing there we rarely see an ncaa player withdraw you know after the ncaa deadline but yeah. anyway so back to 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 this particular trade so if your target is scoo you got to be really careful the way you play this if you're the pelicans but to your point with draft packages i love trey murphy i think he's great Me too. he's going to be a really good player Trey Murphy is not getting you up to number three, you know, not, not even probably with, you know, two or three other draft picks alone. It's, it's, I, I, I will be stunned if this isn't Ingram or Zion, if they make the move up the board here, just because I just don't see any other path. Would then, you do it? Well, if you're, the, if you're the Pelicans, would you do either, either of those guys for two? Here's the thing. So this is where I was going to go to next. Okay. I could have another trade lined up because I, I did. What do I need mm. CJ McCollum for then? Right. I yeah. mean, I guess you can play, he's played off the ball quite a bit and you could use that as a transition piece for, for sure. scoop. But you know, am I then able to move CJ into something else? Um, Ingram or Zion. Who's more valuable? Maybe. Yeah. It's, it's really tough, man. I really love scoop, but yeah, boy. Um, probably not Zion. I, I, I just, I don't know. He's just so damn special. The ceiling actually plays, right? It's just, it's so good. I mean, maybe I look like an idiot if he plays, you know, twenty five games again next season, and it's all a big mess, and you know, never really gets right, and then you know, that looks like a mess, and you could have maybe got out of it. Ingram, a little harder. I would want to really know, like, hey, what's what's our long term? I'll look here. Like, are you going to need another max deal? You know, when you come off, because I'm not sure I want to go there if I'm the Pelicans. Like, that roster's just getting super expensive. And, you know, the aforementioned Trey Murphy will need signed to an extension here relatively soon. A couple other guys will be up as well. So, so it starts to become a point of, you know, there, there is a point of diminishing returns. It's just, I mean, it's got to be one of those two guys because I just don't see the value in the rest of the roster. So, I, I probably, don't do it unless I have something else lined up for McCollum where mm -hmm. I can move him in a deal that brings me back a wing and then I can reset, you know, fairly quickly, right? If I can still be a playoff level team and yeah. turn this around. But man, this is a, you know, this is the fun of it now, right? A week and a half out is this is when all the good stuff starts pouring in. Last thing before we move on to our next topic here, but we always say who benefits. This sure as hell isn't coming from the Pelicans. We 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 sure. can say that, 
right? This isn't coming from the Pelican side. They don't want out there that they're trying to move up or, any, or anything like and that. That doesn't help their cause. Specifically, right? Like you, you don't want a specific target. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, my guess is this is probably a, you know, either Scoots camp knows the Pelicans want them or Charlotte in, uh, you know, Portland are like, yeah, weird. We got calls from the Pelicans this week. Mm -hmm. and, and this is how it goes, right? These guys like Shams, they're talking to everybody all the time. Yeah. And I literally mean everybody all the time. <laughs> like it is just nonstop. And it will be that way for the next roughly month, right? Right up until, um, you know, the middle of July. Like they're, they're just in constant communication. And one of the things is if he's hearing, you know, hey, is anybody, you know, hey, you know, Charlotte, anybody been trying to trade up? Oh, yeah, Portland has. And then later in the day, it's, hey, you know, uh, or New Orleans has, right? New Orleans has. Hey, Portland, is anybody, yeah, New Orleans is all over it. They want to Okay. All right. Now, now I've got, got a report and off we run with, with this, that. So, you know, this is why I'm so in on like, Hey, just end the finals right now, because you know, <laughs> they're sitting on so much news. There's so much that they could, stuff, yeah. so, in fact, this, our next topic is Fred Van Vliet opts out. Right. And, and Woj had that. Right. And you just know, like Sham saw that and went, what can I put out there right now? just to kind of steer the spotlight back to me. How about a move up for, for the, like potentially the number two pick? Let me just throw that out there right now. You know, like there's going to be that, that back and forth. So, um, but the, the other big news of the day was Fred Van Vliet uh, officially opts out. Now, uh, Bobby Marks from ESPN did note that he had an earlier decision date than most oh, people. You're killing me, my friend. What? Who noted it before Bobby Marks noted it? Did you? On yeah. Twitter? Come on I didn't know. I did not I have... see that. Let's see. Let, so, let's go. Let's go to the Twitter machine. 3 p.m. Bobby Marks, 3.53 p.m. I did not see that. Well, but, I, I apologize. You know, I will say in, in my defense, <laughs> we did go ahead and get uh, that puppy that you and I were talking oh, about. I love it. Yay. I am on puppy duty. Perfect. Like literally. You're for <laughs> um, all is forgiven. Yeah. So I've been chasing her around <laughs> most, of, most of the day. So I it is obviously i missed your tweet so i i apologize good, my friend and, and honestly I give you credit for being first i i'm only teasing because bobby is a huge help to me tracking down stuff when i'm missing things and including things like uh option dates occasionally he is uh you know helped me confirm and you know help me with those things he's he's awesome he is is super nice of a guy as you can imagine with all this stuff but yeah van vliet did have he had a few more days to go yeah you know, very early date. Uh, right. There's been some confusion on Gary Trent Jr.'s date, um, which some places list as the same as Van Vliet's. I can tell you it's actually the 20th. I confirmed that today um, okay. through through my own sources. It is June 20th for Gary Trent Jr. So so he's in a spot where he will uh, you know go next week, and that then that's when they all really pick up is really starting yeah. next week. It's because most it's are the 29th, right? 29th is the last day, any because everything opens on the 30th so mm -hmm. the 29th is the last day so what we're gonna get so we'll just we, we can run through them super quick here um you know just for for this so van vliet was thursday we now know he's gonna opt out just point of order no one actually opts out 
what you really do is not opt in. Yeah. Um, that how that really goes is you you it's just what will happen is the fifteenth will come and go and he won't exercise the option and then you know he'll become a free agent this summer unrestricted free agent full bird rights all that stuff for the uh, for for the um, Raptors then we don't get into another one until the twentieth which is uh, Gary Trent Jr. Otto Porter Jr.'s was technically that day he's already uh, exercised his option he did that a month ago now i think it was um it feels like and then danilo gallinari interestingly enough and then we've got i'm not going to run through every single one of them but then we've got a handful on the 21st a handful on the 23rd a handful on the 24th uh couple more in the next week and then then between guarantee dates and option dates everything is 28th 29th um those come out and then there's a whole host of guarantee dates on the 30th and things like that uh just right ahead of free agency so Mm -hmm. so we're 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 a week you know two weeks out from all this stuff really flowing in a very rapid fire here Right, right. So that's that's coming. Uh, again, this is a very exciting time of year. It's going to be a very busy time of year. Uh, for Fred Van Vliet specifically, what the market's going to look like for him, essentially, teams with cap space will be interested and teams without cap space will be interested and the Raptors might be interested, although uh, <laughs> they could be entering a different sure. phase here. The Raptors. We'll talk about them in just a moment. But, uh, but Fred Van Vliet could have, he could have, Contending teams going after him in a sign-and-trade situation. He could have cap space teams going after him, like perhaps the Houston Rockets, another team that we're going to talk about in just a bit. What's his value? Like what? What? I, I think that's really where this all starts. It's how much are you going to have to pay Fred VanVleet in order to get him? Because I think that will be the, the determining factor for fans of pretty much every team out there as far as do we want Fred VanVleet? I'm extremely happy you phrased it the way you did because you said, what's his value? And then the next thing you asked right on the heels of that is what are teams going to have to pay him? Because they are two different answers and it really only the second one matters, right? Like his value every, we could all collectively agree. His value is $20 million a year. As long as one team is willing to give him 25, that's all that matters. Right. So it's, um, in this situation with Van Vliet, here, here's the factors, right? He is going to be 30 at the middle of next season. He turned, he'll turn 30 in the middle of next year. So age 30 is no longer, right? That used to be such a barrier, especially Cliff. for guards. Yep. It's not really that anymore. I mean, gosh, we see guys now, you know, 32, 33, 34. Mm-hmm. You know, occasionally have even a Chris Paul, you know, in his late 30s is still chugging along and going. I mean, James Harden is bumping up against the over 38 rule, and he's, you know, still so successful that that's actually a thing that we have to talk about at his age in his mid-30s. So, so that's one factor, though. He's also a small guard. Small guards have not always aged well. Chris Paul generally tends to be the one who's really bucked to the trend there. But we're Keith, talking let me, about let me, let me clarify sure. something real quick. When you said James Harden is bumping up against the age 38 rule, Keith is talking about on his next contract, if he correct. were to sign not the right. most number of years possible. Not that James Harden is almost 38 years old. No, correct. Yes, right. he's it, it, he can't functionally he can't do a five-year deal. Because because of the over 38 rule, he he can. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't matter to anybody. So we're not going to spend time on it today. Maybe we will some other time or or, or if it actually comes into play, Mm -hmm. we can talk it then. I also wrote about it pretty extensively at Spot Track. If anybody's interested, it's James Harden next contract series. uh, Google that. You can find it pretty easy. So anyway, back to Van Vliet, the, the topic at hand. Smaller guard, right? The good on the positives, though, can play on or off the ball. 
He's done very well in both roles in his career. That has massive, massive value because if you're a team that has like Dallas or the Lakers who have, you know, a primary creator who is not a point guard, you can put Van Vliet in the point guard spot and play him off the ball. You can play him with another point guard because even though he's fairly small, he's, he's pretty rugged. So he can hold up generally has so far in his career against bigger players too. He does quite well in those matchups. So you have a lot of versatility for a guy who's really only about six foot one. He gives you a ton of versatility in that backcourt spot as well as obviously if you need a kind of more uh, tr- traditional point guard, he can mm-hmm. fill that role for you as well, which is huge. So I think he's probably going to get high twenties, you know, mm-hmm. is my guess. He's probably going to get something around $28 million a year in that range and probably get a three or four year deal. And probably by the end, whoever signs him to it will be a little like, this wasn't great, but you know, you figure that stuff out down the line and go, he could be one of those guys who gets one of those deals where it is uh there's some protections on that last year, right? Maybe it's not all fully guaranteed and he gets a little bit more uh, overall money um, if, if he can make it all the way there. Kind of what like Chris Paul has right now um, there, you know, or maybe it's just a straight team option or something like that. But I think overall, you know, he ends up in a pretty good place. I think a lot of his value is going to come down to is last season's efficiency who he now is. Correct. Or was it just a blip on the radar? Dropped to 34% from three on high volume. Prior to that was 38%. Uh, He's been a 37% career three-point shooter. Uh, The defense dropped off last season as well. But again, how much of that was he was having to burn himself out on the offensive end and and all of that. So that's that's the big big question mark. And if you're going to spend that kind of money and that kind of years on Fred Van Vliet, you have to buy that last year was a blip. Last year was a down year. And the seasons prior to last year are the norm and are what he's going to be moving forward. If that's the case, if that's what you believe, then he's a pretty good buy at that price. If you think last year was simply who he is now, a sub 40% shooter from the field, um, then he's not a good value. So I think that's the first question that teams have to have to ask in in regards to whether or not they should pursue Fred Van Vliet. Because I do agree that's probably what it's going to cost to get him. And some teams will be in. Some teams will look at that and go, plus he's going to be 30. I don't know about this. I do not buy the cap space teams. Now, none of them jump out at me as being teams that are going to do everything they can to go get Fred Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't, I just don't see it. It doesn't, he's too old to make sense for right. almost all of those teams. A sign and trade, I think is the way this goes. I don't think he's playing for the Raptors next year. And I think this is probably some form of sign and trade for a team that, Hey, we really need, you know, a guard. Let's just call him a guard, right? Because he sure. can play either spot. But we really need a guard to put us over the top. Let's get this done. They send, you know, value back to the Raptors and younger players or, you know, expiring, you know, bigger money, but it's only getting maybe a year left. And they plus it up with draft picks or whatever. I I, I think his time in Toronto is done. I just don't buy that it's going to be one of the cap space teams going all out to sign him. Uh, speaking of the Raptors, do the Raptors want him back? They hire a new head coach, Darko Ryakovic, uh, who is great when it comes to player development. It, uh, there could be big changes coming in, in Toronto. So I do agree that we probably see a sign-in trade here with Fred Van Vliet uh, because I wonder what this, in terms of their coaching hire, this doesn't signal a, hey, we're going to go 
put our push our chips in and try to do everything we can to win right now. I think the Raptors could wind up being a seller. We thought they would be a seller at the trade deadline and back at the trade deadline. You and I have this conversation about how sometimes <laughs> discussions at the trade deadline that don't come to fruition, they get pushed into the summer. I think that's what we're going to see happen. And their head coach hire uh, tends to suggest that as well. So I think Fred VanVleet is indeed done in, in Toronto. I think Toronto does turn the page. They say, look, we've gotten as far as we can with this group. And they look to build out a new iteration of the Raptors. And that could mean some big moves, although it does throw into question the future of Jakob Pertl. Yeah, so that's where I, I'm not going to go as far as the Raptors being a seller. I think they're going to reset first. Without, that's probably the better term. Yeah, but no, seller's fine. Like, And I have no issue with that. I just think having traded for Pertl, They've still got Siakam. You still have OG Ananobi. You still have Scotty Barnes. And obviously Barnes would be a big part of whatever, whichever direction, right? Whether it's a reset or a rebuild, you're going to be there. I think they're going to take one more kind of bite at this apple, mm -hmm. which is why, you know, I'm not fully sold to Van Vliet sign and trade or even a Gary Trent Jr. sign and trade. All reports are, I think Eric Pincus was the most recent to report on this. Uh, several others have as well that, Everybody expects those two guys are gone from Toronto, but that doesn't necessarily mean straight gone. Trent's probably more likely because I think he's he's a lot younger. Um, he can fit a lot of other places. So I think what happens in that situation with the Raptors is let those two guys go, but maybe via sign and trade, bring some stuff in and try to reset. And if things aren't going great at the trade deadline, then we have all the same conversations around. Mm -hmm. Let's move Siakam. Maybe we move over G and Anobi. Now, if a team like, say, the Memphis Grizzlies, who is reportedly super interested in Anobi, who very openly have a uh, you know free agent uh, small forward who's leaving, <laughs> uh, you know, and have a you know huge. <laughs> what, what was the phrase they used? Like under no circumstances are they bringing him back yeah, or something was, like that? It was, if it wasn't, it was really close yeah. to that. Um, so I think it's it, maybe they get blown away with an offer, right? Where it's like, mm -hmm. well, we can't not take this, right? We we gotta go go this way now. And maybe that's that's what happens. And you're almost kind of I don't want to say forced because obviously you'd be a big part of it, but but then it is all right. We are gonna really hit a hard rebuild. And I think what what hiring uh, Ryakovich is does is it gives you the opportunity to kind of do both, right? You can kind of go in a transition reset type year, or you could say, Hey, we're blowing it up. We've got one of the better player development coaches coming in to take charge where we're, we're going to try to do you know, a big part of what he's been a huge uh, part of in Memphis draft, develop, get back to what we used to be with the Toronto Raptors, one of the better draft and develop teams in the league. And let's go forward with that. So mm -hmm. I think all the options are still on the table. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. There'll be a team to watch, certainly, uh, draft night. There'll be a team to watch in all the trade rumors and all of that. Like you said, Gary Trent Jr. is another guy who could be uh, potentially on the move, and then Fred Van Vliet, we'll see what they do there. Again, both those guys were in heavy discussions at the trade deadline, so uh, the Raptors are a team that could make some really big moves yeah, uh, this, this like, offseason. <laughs> they were, you know, four months ago at the deadline. They're still kind of the team that everybody's kind of watching, mm -hmm. and you talk to a bunch of people, the teams that repeatedly come up, Toronto and Chicago. Everybody's yeah. like, well, what are they going to do? Right. Well, where are they going? You know, and Chicago feels like they're just kind of stuck in the middle. And, and it's funny because both of them, a lot of direction hinges on resigning veteran centers for the Raptors. It's mm -hmm. Jakob Pertl for the Bulls. It's Nikola Vucevic. So, so we'll see, you know, where, where that goes. And that'll be kind of a sign, you know, maybe uh, one way or another.
Uh, all right. The we Warriors reportedly not looking to dump South. Everybody was assuming they're going to try to move off of Jordan Poole uh, due to the new CBA and the super taxes, we're calling it. But, I, I mean, do we know definitively exactly how much is kicking in from the new CBA this summer? Like every little detail? Uh, within reason, we do. So the CBA itself is not out there yet for, for consumption. Uh, as of, I talked to a handful of people on with that work with teams at the end of last week. They still did not have the final copy. Everybody's still working off the term sheet. Mm -hmm. But mo there are, there are details missing in there, but most of the big stuff is well, what we care about and is in there. And the big thing, the one major change that kicks in outside of the financial penalties, those are all starting up, but those are things in general. I don't worry about too much, you know, because that's, you know, is ownership going to spend or are they not going to spend? Right. That becomes a question. Obviously that's a huge, massive question that needs to be answered, but that doesn't impact the, you know, let's say the, the, um, uh, mechanisms and the mechanics of the salary cap. That's more of a, you know, uh, organizational decision, but uh, mechanics of this, the only thing that kicks in is that is losing the taxpayer MLE. So this July 1st, if you're over the super tax apron or using the taxpayer MLE would take you over the super tax apron. You can't do it. The, that's the, the, the one thing that kicks in right away. The trade rules as far as it being harder to make trades, the draft mm -hmm. picks being frozen, all that stuff. All that stuff starts basically a year from now. That'll all start um, you know, after the, this offseason is complete. Um, so it gives you a little bit more, I think, color to why the Warriors are probably saying, hey, saddle up, let's go. Let's make one more ride at this. Yeah kind of with this group and let, let, let's get after it one more time. You know, so that's where, you know, I, I think this is coming out of, hey, we don't need to do it yet, but in season or next season, yeah, that's probably when we're going to start seeing some right. changes. And that was probably likely to happen anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially, I think what this does, though, is to take some of the pressure off of the Warriors sure. in terms of their own trades. You have to wonder how many teams were trying to, you know, pull one over on the Warriors and say, look, you guys have to make a move. You've got way too much salary on the books, so um, what are you going to give us to take on on Jordan Poole? What do, you know, and, and so this is kind of a pushback a little bit on that and saying, hey, look, we don't have to do this right now. We're not in any hurry. We can wait. We can make another run at this next year and then see where things are at. So it, it makes sense from the Golden State perspective. Uh, yeah. We do have the Houston Rockets have been linked to basically everybody. <laughs> And that's what happens when you have a lot of cap space, right? I feel you bad they haven't asked about us yet. I, mean, I know, right? What's right. going on? Um, they look this. This happens when you are the team with the most cap space. You become the boogeyman for every yep. agent out there to go to your incumbent team and say, "Hey, look, this team could definitely sign us. Look how much <laughs> money they have." Right. Yep. So that's part of this. But I, I think if the Rockets, and I know we can talk about their draft pick for this next year too, and why that might give them incentive to go ahead and do something now. But if they don't get James Harden, there's a lot of smoke around like, hey, they're not necessarily going to stick with this young team. They mm -hmm. may, they're going to pivot to another veteran. Maybe it's Fred Van Vliet. Maybe it's Kyrie. Maybe it's somebody else. Like they're not, they seem pretty determined to not be a young, up and coming, tanking team next season. Yeah, and the first person I saw mention this Kyrie Irving stuff was Mark Stein. Yep. And he was very heavy on the emphasis of could you know, do this, not will, you know, not anything. So that, and, and again, that, that might be a, Hey Dallas, don't mess around with your offer. Cause the Rockets are out there and they'd love to sign me kind of thing. So that could be, be a thing. 
But yeah, but you're right. I mean, we're still hearing Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks. Uh, I think Cam Johnson was another one that was mm-hmm. mentioned in a potential offer sheet. So those guys are all guys that it sounds like, you know, they, they could be after. And that's, you know, th- those are all kind of all over the place, right? Things, um, you know, there, but most of those are, I, 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 I very much get the sense the Rockets are losing patience with, all right, we we did the rebuilding thing. Even though this is really only like like the second full year of leaning into a rebuild, because the first year they weren't trying, it just turned into James Harden not trying, right? And that turned into a trade. Um, you know, which that, that you know that that kind of forced them. But we're only you know going into the kind of third cycle of all right, we're coming up on you know this being our path now forward. And I really think as you look at at that team. That I just stay patient and stick with it, but I don't think they are. I think they're ready to say, nope, let's start leaning in. Let's go go get some vets. Let's start pushing this. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, when I look at at what the the Rockets have done, now it felt like last season. Maybe this is an unfair character characterization, but it felt like there wasn't an adult in the room last season for for <laughs> the Rockets. Bit, sure, yeah. And and I wonder how much of that is playing into this. If they're saying, "Look, we know even if we do manage to keep a lot of our young players, we need some veterans around who can kind of show them the way." And and you can argue whether or not yeah. James Harden should be that guy. Where is he going to show them the way to? <laughs> Maybe that's the, you know, there's a dangerous answer to that question. Right, but, life establishments. <laughs> but, but nonetheless, I think there is that, that element to this um, as well. And yeah. then 
their first rounder next year is protected one through four. Mm-hmm. It goes to OKC. So there's not a lot of incentive there. Like you could have, as we saw it with the Pistons this year, you could have the worst record in the NBA and not wind up one through four. Yeah. So we not a lot of, they were second. Yeah. Pushed back. Yeah, so, absolutely. So there's, yeah. there's a lot of incentive there too, for them to, you know, Hey, let's go try to win games next year. Cause why not? Like there's a, a pretty good chance, even if we're God awful, that we're going to lose our pick there, or at least there's a decent chance that we're going to lose our pick. So let's why lose games. Let's go out there and do everything we can to win right now. Yeah. When you have one, two, four protections in your, you are going into a kind of a third frustrating year for, for a fan base that had kind of become accustomed to every year. We're at least in the mix, right? They, mm-hmm. they never made it all the way, but they're always one of the better regular season teams. It can be super frustrating because what happens if the picks only protected one through four, you hit like early February and you're like, we don't want to win another game the rest of the way because we really want to give ourselves every chance at staying in the top four and keeping our pick. And that, that, that just becomes now a third straight year of miserable basketball. And Mm -hmm. and I'm not one of these, you know, uh, pearl clutchers of like, Oh no, well somebody think of the children here, but it is like, you gotta keep it, you know, you, you can't, you can't openly try to be awful for multiple years like like that, especially to your point, if you watch that team play last year, there were times where they looked like, okay, I can kind of see it, right? I can see stuff coming together, but in sometimes in the same game, it's like, and now they're down by 25 points (laughs) because they just had four straight possessions that hit the popcorn guy in the head. And they beat both of our teams. So that's that's saying that with that acknowledgement, like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's just, you know, they've that's, what comes when you're a super duper young team and leaning into playing all your young kids. So that becomes a whole thing there. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to guess whether it's Harden. I don't, I don't put any stock in this Kyrie stuff. I don't think that's going to become a thing. No. Um, but the heart, I, I put stock in the rumor, but I don't put stock in it happening. Um, whether it's Harden or it's then a collection of other guys, I don't think we're going to see the Rockets say, all right, let's just go young again and go, 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 you know, roll back with all the kids and just kind of, kind of keep moving forward. I think you're going to see them try to take meaningful steps forward to being a good team. And man, you better get it right with the right group of guys. Otherwise you're going to, you know, top out at a, you know, 500 team that's fighting around the playing line. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Last thing we've got. In a in water is wet news, uh, the Blazers plan to re-sign Jeremy Grant. I mean, they've been telling us this since they acquired Jeremy Grant. Uh, what was that last summer? So this is no surprise in any way. But yeah, uh, they'll plan to re-sign. The question is, what's the cost? What's the market for for Jeremy Grant? Ring wings tend to get paid in the NBA, so I'm thinking he's going to get a pretty sizable deal here. I'd imagine what like twenty five million, something around there. Starting, you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think easy. I mean, he's almost at that now. Yeah. So I think you know, somewhere 25, 30 million is probably where he gets. I would like to, if I'm Portland, I'd like to start that high and then have it descend yeah. uh, over the life of the deal. That that just, you know, when you hit Jeremy Grant's age, you know, and I'm not going to you know pretend that Jeremy Grant is old by any means because then I'd have to also call myself old, but it's up, uh, which I am. Um, but, but basketball he, old, and yeah, he turns old. those 30. are two different things. Yeah, right? he turns 30 this year. Um, so I think you want to be cautious, right? Like mm-hmm. and if you can get it to descend year over year, you're in a pretty good place, you know, by the time he's hitting, you know, his 
you know, early to mid thirties at the end of the next contract. I think here's, here's my prediction for Jeremy Grant. I think what happens is if the Blazers make moves at the draft and it is moves towards, or right, we're going to try to, you know, build this thing back up and build a contender around Damian Lillard. I think Jeremy Grant becomes one of those extensions that gets done before oh, free agency actually yeah. starts. And if it goes the other way, then I think he's just out of the, the, the picture entirely. And it's, you know, cause then what do you need him for? Right. right. That becomes a, Hey, good, good luck wherever you go next. And I'll tell you what's not going away. Speaking of homecomings, Jeremy Grant going back to Detroit, it keeps coming up, you know, over mm. and over and over again. And they're in range to be able to, you know, to, to be able to go get them if they, if they want to, and that, that would be, That'd be something, you know. He so was we'll, just there. Yeah, yeah, and they just traded him. But remember, he didn't really ask for the trade, right? He didn't want it. He he specifically signed with Detroit to play for the Pistons. Yeah. Um. You know, under you know he he said at the time he wanted to play for a black head coach on an organization led by a black executive, and that was extremely important to him. And he wanted to be a big part of the city and all those things. And I think it got to a point where last summer it was. Hey, the best thing for the the Pistons then is trade you and get some some assets and you know go go forward. But now if he's just a free agent, hey, sure, we'll welcome you. You know, it's, it becomes like almost like a free. It sounds so stupid. He's a free agent, so it becomes like a free signing. But that's kind of what it is, right? It's not going to cost mm-hmm. us anything except cap space to to bring you back. So I, I you know, I I I'm not saying it's going to happen because I don't think it happens because I think it's more likely Portland. Uh, punts on the idea of moving Dame, and they. I, I think they move the pick, stuff. and then they yeah. re they resign Jeremy Grant themselves. But if if it does go that way, it let's just say I'm not going to be like, holy crap, he went back to the Pistons, and this came out of nowhere. I mean, that's been kind of bubbling for you know at least the last month or so. Interesting, interesting. That would be quite a turnaround for him to go right back to the Detroit Pistons. And I mean, look, if Detroit wants to win right now and they're able to get him, that would go a long way towards helping them do that. You get a healthy Cade Cunningham, you get Jeremy Grant, that they're, their stock would be rising way up. Yeah. Yep, you still have Bogdanovich and yeah. uh, and then you get the fifth pick in this draft, dude. And and they'll know like draft night, they'll mm-hmm. have they won't know, no, but they'll probably have a sense sure. of where some of this is going to go, which yeah. could potentially put the Pistons' fifth pick even more in play if they have a feel that hey, look, Jeremy Grant may really be an option for us this summer. Maybe we see even more fireworks. It really feels like aside from one, every pick, especially yeah. in the lottery, is could be had, you know? Big time. Yeah. I, I feel like I was a Muppet just then like bobbling my head around. <laughs> um but I'm I mean, that's how much agreement I am with you on that because it is I think the draft is always awesome, right? It's one of the most fun nights of the year because it's mm-hmm. kind of a one night contained thing, right? Where, you know, barely, rarely do we get stuff in the days leading up to it. Most stuff happens, you know, on draft night. But I, but what, what's super exciting to me, you know, with, with this part of all of it is it is, you know, where we're getting into a position with, because of all the things coming with the new CBA and there's this sense around the league and this is, you know, where teams are at is, the Nuggets are good. Don't get us wrong, but like they're the Nuggets. These are not the dynasty warriors no. that it's like, well, we're all playing for second. There's a bunch of teams that are like, why not us? Why can't we, we be next year's Nuggets and win? Why can't we be the heat and may make this kind of run and those kind of things. And that opens things up wider, right. To more teams. And I think we're going to see a ton of movement at the draft because rather than, you know, 
well, we've got these, you know, 10 teams that are rebuilding and these 10 teams that are kind of just in the middle. And then, then, you know, these five that could be good. And then these five that are going for it, it's like four or five teams that are like rebuilding and like 25 teams are like, eh, maybe, you know, it could be us. Mm-hmm. And that leads to a whole bunch of stuff that I think is going to be really fun to track and follow here over the next 10 days. And then uh, the, you know, following, you know, eight days or so after that. I mean, we're, we're less than three weeks out from free agency itself opening up, yes. which is also, you know, crazy. Go. It's so good. It's like I Christmas. Not, you know what? You kind of want me over win tonight. Nuggets. Let's move Just on. End this. Let's let's go. Let's get get the flood of just stuff that yeah you know, we need to filter through and you know you know find out. We're gonna have to put a big filter screen on here that says you know garbage or not, and we'll run all the garbage <laughs> into it. Gets, <laughs> the good stuff we'll get through. I like it. I like it. We'll come up with some kind of graphic or something or something for that. Um, well, you will, because that's definitely not my thing. The creator of the Kevin Cannon will come up with the yes. Next, I'll come up with some creation. some type of giant filter. <laughs> We need net. something, man. Like, I miss the Kevin Cannon. I want, I want something. I we know. need a, uh, we we need a player to repeatedly be in you know rumors that like make sense, right? We're getting like daily updates, so you know, come through NBA. Let it, let us know. What do we, we have? We never did anything for Kyrie, did we? No, because it all happened kind of right quickly and then there was a point where like a lot of stuff with him didn't feel it wasn't <laughs> we weren't supposed to be having fun with that's right, that's right. Um, uh, yeah. But then we had the Simmons siren and the Kevin Cannon. So what will this year be? We'll, 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 some something will emerge. I I, I have faith. We could do. I mean, the one you see people go to often is smoke or fire. Sure. I'm sure there's there's yeah, something we can we'll do, do with that. with that. We'll um, figure something. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll have something. something. Yeah, we'll come up with something. We'll try to figure out some something alliterative because you know Kevin Cannon just works so well. But um, I still have it sitting in here, and I'm always like tempted to just. <laughs> Just press it. I, I need somebody else named Kevin to Kevin to, to right. do something or something Kevin else to happen for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fire the Kevin anytime. Someone named Kevin. Do, do and something. if Kevin Young had gotten hired by the Suns, we could have we could at least played it like one last time. Just, just put his face Suns over KD. Coach. Yeah, we would. If we didn't even need to change it, we could just run it. <laughs> All right, we're off the rails. Let's let's wrap there things up there, but. Thank you, everybody, for joining us again. Make sure you are subscribing right here to the NBA for now. For show, don't forget, we're going to be live on draft night, breaking down all the picks, talking through everything that happens. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, again, make sure you're subscribing. Turn on those notifications so you know when we go live. Follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Uh, I think that's it. We did hit over 25K on our subscribers. Yeah, we did. Yep, Let's go. which is fantastic. We should start because how many people are still listening right now? We should start next show. Well, we'll start, yeah, celebrating we'll that. celebrating that. But uh, and tell us now, in the comments if you saw that. Yes. If you're still here all the way at the end. If We're you're like, still here, comment. Just say I'm a real one. Then we know that yeah, you uh, that you made it all the way to the end. But perfect. Thank you everybody for joining us. Till next time. See ya, and stay safe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.